You know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. That's why I partnered with Fullscript, an online dispensing platform that only offers curated professional-grade brands that I know and trust. The very same supplements that I prescribe to my patients and take myself. Never counterfeit or expired, always stored and shipped correctly. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to start your free Fullscript account. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site. It's safe, secure, and HIPAA compliant and offers world-class support. Fullscript also gives you access to my custom targeted supplement protocols that combine the products that I recommend to address specific needs, heart health, immune support, and much more. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to sign up for your free Fullscript account. You'll get access to the supplements and features you need to help you achieve your wellness goals. That's DearHoffmanStore.com. DearHoffmanStore.com. Welcome to Intelligent Medicine. I'm your host, Layla Mudin. I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist here in New York, working with Dr. Hoffman as well as maintaining a private practice. If you'd like to make an appointment, give the office a call, 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. If you'd like to email me with questions, topics of interest, that you'd like to hear me weigh in on on this program. The email is questions at drhoffman.net. That's questions at drhoffman.net. Well, you've probably heard some recent news on Splenda, a.k.a. sucralose, because science is revealing some health risk. Did you know that sucralose, the brand name being Splenda, it's the orange packet, right, that it comes in. <clears throat> it's the most widely used artificial, artificial sweetener in the country. It's used in over 6,000 food products, and you may find it in diet sodas, you know, Diet Coke with Splenda, Diet Pepsi with Splenda, Gatorade, low-calorie Kool-Aid. Although anytime I look at a, a can of Diet Coke, I still see aspartame there. NutraSweet. Aspartame is NutraSweet, which is the blue packet called Equal, right? We're talking about sucrose now. Brand name Splenda, the yellow packet. So, and unfortunately, it's also in a bunch of other low-calorie and low-carb products. Sucralose is 600 times sweeter than sugar itself. Has no calories. And though it's been marketed as a healthy product that can fend off obesity, diabetes, guess what? Consumption of sucralose has been linked to weight gain, obesity, diabetes, metabolic dysfunction, liver inflammation, and even leukemia. This is very, very concerning. So the backers of sucralose have also claimed it's poorly absorbed. It doesn't significantly bioaccumulate in the human body. 
But a 2018 study done in rats found that sucralose metabolizes and bioaccumulates in rodents. So, key facts. In May 2023, the World Health Organization advised people not to consume non-sugar sweeteners, including sucralose, for weight loss. Huh, there's one thing they got right. The recommendation is based on a systematic review of the most current scientific evidence that link non-sugar sweeteners to type 2 diabetes, cardiovascular disease, and all-cause mortality, as well as increased body weight. The Food and Drug Administration approved sucralose for use in 1998 in 15 food categories, and then as a general-purpose sweetener a year later. So did you know that it was the fastest shift in FDA's history from a specific usage to general purpose approval of an artificial sweetener? Hey, let me back up the truck a little bit. I tell just about all of my patients, especially those on a low-carb diet hitting a weight loss plateau and they can't figure out why, it's the use of artificial sweeteners like sucralose, Splenda that keeps them in the plateau, when they eliminate their usage, the plateau goes away and weight loss continues. It still spikes insulin. So, of over the 100 studies FDA reviewed at the time, none involved humans. Only three lasted more than a year, and many of them were not even published for public scrutiny. By the way, This is all coming to you from U.S. Right to Know, which is pursuing truth and transparency for public health. This is the U.S. Right to Know, which is a very nice website here. Good information. So subsequent studies, including longitudinal ones involving human populations, have linked sucralose to a range of health problems. FDA has not reevaluated its authorization with the current science. So, in a 2008 interview, former FDA official Alan Rulis discussed rocky moments in the sucralose petition process. He says, we discovered way too late in the process, I think, that there was an unresolved issue that had to do with the test animals and some studies showing a more-than-expected body weight gain decrement while on sucralose dosing. So, Food Chemical News reported that in 1995, McNeil Nutritionals, which is a Johnson & Johnson subsidiary and marketer of Splenda, had planned to submit its product approval application, but... Quote, in the process of completing a six-month clinical study in diabetic patients, that study raised concerns about the effect of sucralose on blood sugar in those individuals. And McNeil asked the agency to withhold its final decision until additional work could be done. 
Sucralose, which is known in the European Union as E955, it's synthesized by chlorinating the sugar sucrose. And they show a nice picture of its chemical structure. Sucralose was invented by accident in 1975 when a laboratory leader at Queen Elizabeth College told an assistant to test the chemical, which he understood at the time as, quote, taste. And after discovering the sweet taste of the compound originally under consideration as an insecticide, the team continued its scientific work. The research team filed for a patent in 1976, received it eight years later in 1984. So sucralose is a marketing name Tate and Lyle invented with no science-based etymology. The compound's proper chemical name is trichlorogalatosucrose, trichlorogalatosucrose. Because the word sucralose is similar to sucrose, which is a naturally occurring sugar, it falsely expresses an easy similarity with the natural sugar. And in its first decade on the market, McNeil Nutraceuticals marketed Splenda as made from sugar, so it tastes like sugar. I remember this. I remember this back when when I was working with Dr. Atkins that he touted it as the next big thing. Well, we found out a lot of things since then. So several regulatory agencies deem this to be deceptive advertising. Sucralose is most commonly sold as Splenda. But other brand names include Kukrin, ZeroCal, Novella, Candies, Sucrana, Candarel Yellow, and Sucra Plus. So what are the health risks of sucralose, which is the reason I'm talking to you today about this? Scientific studies of sucralose raise the following possible health dangers. Leukemia is one. A 2016 study from researchers at the Ramazzini Institute published in the International Journal of Occupational Environmental Health examined sucralose consumption in mice. Researchers found, quote, a significant dose-related increased incidence of males bearing malignant tumors and a significant dose-related increased incidence of hematopoic neoplasia in males, that means liver tumors in males, particularly in doses of 2,000 and 16,000 parts per million. These findings do not support previous data that sucralose is biologically inert. More studies are necessary to show the safety of sucralose, considering that millions of people are likely exposed. Follow-up studies are urgent. Now let's talk about obesity, diabetes, weight gain, increased appetite, metabolic dysfunction. Last month, or two months ago, July 2023, an analysis in diabetes care of 105,000 participants 
from the French Nutrinet Sante study, finds in a 9.1-year follow-up that, compared with non-consumers, higher consumers of artificial sweeteners had higher risks of developing type 2 diabetes. Positive associations were also observed for individual artificial sweeteners aspartame, sucralose, and a K. In t- February 2023, a study in biomedicines reports that newborns from mothers who intensely consumed sucralose during pregnancy were heavier and exhibited markers of metabolic alteration and low-grade systemic inflammation. Robust data in animals show that sucralose intake during gestation, during pregnancy, can predispose the offspring to weight gain, metabolic disturbances, low-grade systemic inflammation. However, concluding information remains elusive in humans, the researchers note. So, a 2014 study in Nature pointed to risks of consuming artificial sweeteners generally and sucralose specifically for diabetes patients, which was a core market for sucralose, right? Even diabetics can have it. I remember the ad. The paper concluded that consumption of artificial sweeteners drives the development of glucose intolerance through induction of compositional and functional alterations to the intestinal microbiota. So much points to the microbiome, doesn't it? The increase in artificial sweetener consumption, the study notes, coincides with a dramatic increase in obesity and diabetes epidemics. The researchers say our findings suggest that artificial sweeteners may have directly contributed to enhancing the exact epidemic that they themselves were intended to fight. Diet drinks are not the sweet solution to fight obesity and health problems. Trends in endocrinology and metabolism, this is from the year 2013, concluded that sucralose and other artificial sweeteners may cause weight gain. So, the paper posits that consuming sweet-tasting but non-caloric or reduced-calorie food and beverages interferes with learned responses that normally contribute to glucose and energy homeostasis. Because of this interference, frequent consumption of high-intensity sweeteners may have the counterintuitive effect of inducing metabolic derangements. Again, in 2013, a study published in Diabetes Care found that the ingestion of sucralose alters the metabolic response to an oral glucose load in obese people who are not regular consumers of the substance. These findings support the notion that sucralose is not metabolically inert but has physiological effects. And a 2016 study published in Cell Metabolism found that 
chronic consumption of sucralose triggers a conserved neuronal fasting response and increases the motivation to eat. The researchers say after chronic exposure to sucralose, quote, we saw that animals began eating a lot more. Through systemic investigation of this effect, we found that inside the, the brain's reward centers, sweet sensation is integrated with energy content. When sweetness versus energy is out of balance for a period of time, the brain recalibrates and increases total calories consumed. And this is why artificial sweeteners can increase appetite. That's why this response occurs. So other studies in the Journal of Toxicology and Environmental Health found numerous adverse effects, including reduced beneficial microflora. There's also insulin impacts, and this is what I talk about with patients. In cell metabolism, found that consuming seven sucralose-sweetened beverages with, but not without, a carbohydrate over 10 days decreases insulin sensitivity in healthy human participants. The findings imply that carbohydrate metabolism is altered in the presence of sucralose and that this alteration leads to decreases in peripheral and central sensitivity to sugar and sweet taste. So the authors also note that the metabolic changes they observed followed a very limited exposure, meaning, you know, it happens quickly. These findings raise a possibility that the combination effect may be a major contributor to the rise in the incidence of type 2 diabetes and obesity. So these products, consumption of them should be discouraged, right? Now, a 2018 study in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition concluded that research sub subjects who consumed sucralose showed a significant decrease in insulin sensitivity. And that sucrose, they concluded that sucrose may have effects on glucose metabolism. Lowered insulin sensitivity is like insulin resistance can lead to higher blood sugar levels and the development of type 2 diabetes. Quote, our study provi provides confirmatory evidence that sucralose has a negative impact on insulin action, even in healthy individuals. There's a lot more to this. In fact, there's so much so I will likely get into a part two, but let me continue here for a moment. In a study in nutrition in 2018, points impacts on insulin secretion and by extension, risk of type two diabetes among healthy sucralose consuming subjects. Long-term consumption can develop insulin resistance, 
even amongst healthy people. And this result may imply that chronic exposure to sucralose leads firstly to, ins to increased insulin secretion and later to reduction of insulin secretion. So, uh, this is problematic. In a 2022 10-week human study of sucralose consumption published in Microorganisms, concluded that sucralose amounts far lower than the suggested acceptable daily intake alter the balance of the gut microbiome while also being associated with significant elevations in glucose levels and serum insulin in response to glucose loads. There's a lot more in terms of sucralose that I want to get into here because this is a very, very informative article and it touches on a lot of different health conditions. So I want you to thank you for joining me, but I want you to tune in next week to part two on the dangers of sucralose. Thank you for joining me on another edition of Layla Ways In. This is Intelligent Medicine. I want to thank you for listening to the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or your favorite podcast app and get new episodes automatically downloaded every weekday. And please give us a rating and review. It truly helps new people discover Intelligent Medicine. The Intelligent Medicine Podcast is for general informational purposes only and does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice and no doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of information on this podcast or materials linked from this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any medical condition they may have and should seek the assistance of their health care professionals for any such conditions. Finally, please visit drhoffman.com and discover everything Intelligent Medicine has to offer, including frequently updated, unbiased health news and fully vetted product and supplement recommendations. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly, along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your health care.